I want to tell you about a sweater. It's in Antarctica and it's more than a century old. It's thick gray green wool. And when you lean in, you can smell it's smoky, gamey, stinky, and fishy. But what really struck me about the sweater was the patches. Someone has taken really big, clumsy stitches, patched the sweater over and over, patches on top of each other. The sweater belonged to someone who was stranded at Hut in Antarctica for more than a year, and they had no idea if anyone was coming to get them or if anyone even knew they were there. The story of the sweater and the hut where this person was stranded is one of just incredible resilience and survival at the bottom of the world. I'm Gemma Tarlack, and I'm a senior editor and writer at Atlas Obscura. Today we're going to Discovery Hut. It's a simple structure that's a relic from the early 1900s, the heroic age of Antarctic exploration. We'll learn about how it got here and how it became the last refuge for a lost party of explorers after this. If you're looking for a place where the wide open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself, you might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites, along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies West. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than a life policy. It's about the promise and the responsibility that comes with being a new parent, being there day and night, and building a plan for tomorrow, today. For the ones you'll always look out for, trust Amica Life Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. The first question I have for you is how did you end up living in Antarctica for close to two years? So when I was little, when I was way too young to be seeing an R-rated movie, um, I was obsessed with Kurt Russell. So my mom took me to see (laughs) John Carpenter's The Thing. Twelve men have just discovered something. For 100,000 years, it was buried in the snow and ice. I loved it. And my takeaway from it was, what is this place of ice and snow and darkness? I must go there. So I became obsessed with Antarctica. (laughs) Eventually, one thing led to another, and I got a contract to work as a cook and baker at McMurdo Station, which is the largest group of people in Antarctica on the continent. And it's one of three uh, permanent American bases. 
You know, flying into Antarctica for the first time is just, it is such a life-altering experience. And about half an hour, an hour before you land, flying in from New Zealand, they start lowering the thermostat, lowering the temperature of the inside of the planes, <laughs> seriously, so that you're not shocked when the door opens. So when I stepped onto the sea ice, there is just this expanse of white in all directions. And on the horizon, you can see these snow-covered black mountains. That's all you see, white and black. At McMurdo Station, while I was working there, one of my favorite things to do was to walk down to Hut Point. And it's called Hut Point because that is where Discovery Hut is. Discovery Hut, it's a historic hut. It's more than a century old, and it was built during the heroic age of Antarctic exploration. And so, you know, Robert F. Scott and Ernest Shackleton, they all came through here and they all used it for different purposes. Uh, sometimes as a storeroom, sometimes as a base camp. You can just walk to this hut? <laughs> yeah, it's only about <laughs> half a mile from McMurdo Station. And uh, the hut was built in 1902. And that was during about a quarter century period when several expeditions from all different countries came down to Antarctica to explore. What is this place? What is the southernmost point on this place? What is it made of? Is it all made of snow? Is it made of mountains? What's underneath it? So there was this incredible surge of exploration, both scientific and, let's face it, geopolitical. Maybe this is a dumb question, but like, why, uh, why did they need a hut? What was the point of the hut? When they came for these expeditions, they were planning on being there for a while, and they weren't going to necessarily live on the ship for the whole time. Right. Discovery Hut is normally uh, locked and not open. You can't just wander into it. Mm. But a couple times a year at McMurdo, they do open it up for very small group tours. I think like eight or nine people are allowed <laughs> in at one time. And I was incredibly fortunate shortly after arriving at McMurdo for the first time to be able to hop on one of those tours and actually go inside. I'm jealous. I'm jealous. I'm like, I think that one's, I don't think I'm going to make it. Um, that's so cool. So tell me, what was it like to go inside? What uh, What was in there? Well, okay. When they open the door, you go under the eaves because the eaves hang very low. And then you kind of step up over the threshold and you're in this really dark, dark space. And I remember walking in and noticed that there was kind of a pile of something dark and the bottom of the pile was kind of glistening, kind of like this golden <laughs> glisten. And I just took a second look and the guy said, oh yeah, that's the seal blubber. And it's still kind of oozing. And so, you know, of course you go in close and sure enough, it's just really old seal blubber, kind of rancid and just, you know, doing its thing as seal blubber does. Eat your heart out, John Carpenter. Put that in your movie. <laughs> Once you step inside, the overwhelming response uh, from everyone on the group, including me, was just giggling because the last expedition to be there left it. They just, they left things as they were. There are, you know, 
long johns hanging up on a line over what would have been their fire. There are cans of supplies, some open, some not, just sitting there on the shelves. So I was just giggling because I was thinking this tin of oatmeal is historic oatmeal. This tin of herring is historic herring. You know, everything is just historic. And even the snow piled up in the corner. Um, that's historic snow. It's been sitting there for decades, you know, and, and thinking like, wow, you know, maybe like Scott picked his teeth here. Like maybe, you know, it, it was, it was a lot of the giants of polar exploration, Scott and Shackleton and, um, and others. And it's there. It's, this is their stuff. This is their stuff from the journey. And just imagining immediately being transported back into this place where, these incredible people really pushing the limits of human endurance and, and exploration. They were here. They were in the same space. And I think the thing that really moved me about Discovery Hut was the story of the Ross Sea Party. They were the last expedition to stay in Discovery Hut. And they stayed longer than any other expedition. And most of the stuff that's still in the hut today, like the long johns hanging up to dry, belonged to them. In 1914, this group of explorers sailed to this area of Antarctica, to Rossi. They were actually there to lay supplies for another expedition, Shackleton's expedition, which was coming across Antarctica. They were not planning to be there long, but you know, they went to sleep one night, and when they woke up, a storm had come through, and their ship, the Aurora, had been blown out to sea. They had no idea whether it had sunk, whether anyone was alive, whether anyone knew they were still there. And it turns So the, they're in this hut and they wake up and they go outside and there's just no ship there. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They ended up not being rescued until 1917. 1917? I thought you were going to be like three weeks or like no. a long period. And they were not prepared to be there for that long, believe me. Man, how did they, how did they survive? Well, again, they were repurposing things that other expeditions had left behind. And they were hunting seals, using their blubber for food and for fuel. And uh, a lot of times they were just making do, you know, with their clothing, patching it over and over and over again. Uh, finding novel uses for whatever they could scrounge up. They were just super resourceful and, and super dedicated to getting the job done. During this period, they continued to do the work that they had been assigned to do. I would not have done that well. I would have been like, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I'm just, this is, you can let me know when they're here. I'll be asleep. So today, Discovery Hut is managed by the Antarctic Heritage Trust. And in the summer, they work at the huts, the historic huts in the area. In the winter, they take artifacts back to their lab. And I was actually able to tour the lab my first winter. And it was at the lab that I saw the sweater. Standing just inches away from it, leaning over it, I could immediately imagine the man who wore it sitting by the dim light of a fire from seal blubber, just patching the sweater over and over because it needed to be patched, because they needed to have a sweater to wear while they continued to do their work. And that, to me, is just extraordinary. I mean, I have to ask, obviously, it was quite 
different circumstances, but you also spent, you know, two almost two years in uh, Antarctica. Did you ever sort of, did it ever have that feeling of isolation and distance and kind of, you know, uh, did you ever kind of relate to that sense of being stuck in this very far away place? <laughs> um, no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, remember, going to Antarctica was a lifelong dream for me. Yeah. Partly because of the landscape, the, the snow and the enormity of the scale and the openness and, um, you know, the, the relatively small number of people around you. Yeah. <laughs> I never felt alone because Antarctica became kind of a living, breathing thing to me. Hmm. And I just felt incredibly lucky to be having that experience. Thank you. It has been such a joy to hear you tell this story and also to just hear about this incredible experience in, in your life. I, I haven't gotten to talk to that many people who've spent both a summer and a winter in Antarctica. I mean, I just like what an incredible thing to have done. So thank you. It was such a privilege to be there walking in the footsteps of the Ross Sea Party and Scott and Shackleton. And I'm thrilled to be able to share it with other people. Thanks. This podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. This episode was produced by Sarah Wyman and edited by Gianna Palmer. Our production team includes Dylan Therese, Doug Baldinger, Chris Naka, Camille Stanley, Willis Ryder-Arnold, Manolo Morales, Baudelaire Seuss, Tracy Samuelson, John Delore, Casey Holford. This episode was sound designed and mixed by Luce Fleming. Our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. I'm Gemma Tarlac. Thanks for listening and keep exploring. Witness Docs from Stitcher. The world isn't wide enough for those with an insatiable desire for discovery. The all-new 2024 Lincoln Nautilus Hybrid SUV offers the power and freedom to explore further and deeper than ever before. Intuitive, smart features ensure they are always connected to the road ahead. Inside, a thoughtfully designed cabin immerses you in a universe that is all your own. The larger-than-life panoramic display spans the entire width of the cabin. It's customizable and interactive. Drivers can even personalize their backgrounds with a series of nature-inspired themes. This vehicle signals the arrival of an exciting new chapter for Lincoln. Discover more about the 2024 Lincoln Nautilus at Lincoln.com. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it. Between imagining living there and breathing in your new home for the first time. Having an advocate who can help you navigate the complex world of financing, inspections, negotiating, analyzing the market, and talking through any anxieties that may pop up, that can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors and bound by a code of ethics. Because that's who we are.